that. Okay, cool. All right, so we're going to start. All right. <clears throat> Hello, everybody. Oh, oh, actually, Mike, do you want to say that I'm Mike after I say I'm Pax? Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Sure, sick. sure. So it'll be like, I'm Pax, and I'm Mike. This is Brotaku sick. All right, I like that. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Hello, everybody. I'm Pax. And I'm Mike. And, and this is bro- this is the Brotaku. Is right, <laughs> this is the Brotaku. No, you got it. We're going, we're going, we're going. <laughs> yeah. This is Brotakus. Mike, yeah. is, Mike is helping out with the intro this week. It's the show where two guys who love anime do a deep dive on what is and isn't worth watching. We believe you do not need a major in anime studies to enjoy this wild, beautiful, strange art form. And we are lucky to have you on this journey with us this week. Hal is stuck in the hyperbolic time chamber trying to reach Super Saiyan 87. And he's doing the push-ups. And he's eating nothing but white rice. He is not watching his macros. His diet is completely verklempt. But he's still, he's, he's growing abs. He's got the cum gutter going on. He's got, he's got pecs out to here. He could juggle them like Terry Crews. And so, shout out to Hal in the hyperbolic time chamber. We can't wait to see you when you pop out. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I I was supposed to follow that and I can't I can't but that sounds good I feel like that's that the cum gutters is just the most important part I think you got all of that that we needed there for for what Hal is doing right now just, just trading himself away come back as an even better host than he's ever been ever before hell and yeah, me hell yeah. standing in as as the Krillin of the group uh hopefully what? I don't get one shot <laughs> by this episode <laughs> yeah yeah well you know i'm the bald one now like krillin so that's what that's what we're doing we're bringing that energy today but uh today if our loyal listeners haven't already recognized we have mike flanagan back in the trap today um mike flanagan is a buffalo based actor writer mike you sing uh i can't singer (laughs) dancer poet lover Lover, uh, a Superman, a legend, Mike Flanagan. Now, Mike, you've recently started a new uh, Twitch channel that we have got to plug here, right? Could you tell us a little bit about it? Absolutely. So uh, uh, I play, I just started playing um, games on Twitch. My channel is by goes by the name of Mish Plays. I call myself Mish. I thought about being Mish for uh, uh, this episode, but you guys don't know who the hell that is. So uh, um, it's Mish Plays. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Mish Plays Games. Let's play some games. Um, currently I've just been playing a bunch of Monster Hunter Rides and, uh, uh, recently I was playing Pokemon Snap, but I just want to hang out on stream, share some games I think are amazing with friends, um, and just have a good time. I start off every stream with a cup of coffee and just shooting the shit, shooting the breeze, (laughs) seeing if anybody else wants to shoot the breeze with me. Right now it's me talking to my cup of coffee, but if you want to stop by and be more than a cup of coffee to me, that'd be fantastic, you know? And Um, when do you normally stream? Uh, I so my schedule is alternating. Uh, I do Tuesdays and Saturdays uh, every other week. Uh, usually start at six o'clock, and um, I do Thursdays as well every other week. Um, I nice, also have nice. a um, a Facebook page by the goes by the name uh, same uh, name Mish Plays, um, and I post uh, a weekly schedule there every Sunday and Monday um, oh. of the week within that time awesome. span. Mm-hmm. Awesome, fantastic! So everybody uh, support Mike Flanagan, support Mish Plays uh, today. 
This week, we are talking about the first anime that we have had Mike on for. We finally have you on to talk about an anime. We wanted to kind of keep the gag going for a while, but I guess it's too little too late because Mike Flanagan is on this week to talk about Beastars. To talk about Beastars, this has been a heavily requested uh, show to cover from our, our fans, so we are finally doing it. And we are going to get into why it maybe took us a little bit to cover this later. But first, I kind of just want to say... I guess a brief thank you to everybody out there because I want to talk a little bit about like what anime means to me. Uh, specifically like the power that it has to just make your goddamn day better because these last few weeks I am kind of like uh, working, um, I've just had this insane schedule where I am working like, you know, eight to five every day and then I get out and I do more work because I'm trying to save up money for a move to New York and then uh, after that it's like podcast work and I've just been kind of like in a depressive haze with COVID going on and, you know, weather very cold and so lonesome. Oh my God, the darkness in my heart. But That all kind of changed last week when I I was at a real dark place and I read and then watched a show called My Husband's Brother. Have you ever have you ever heard of this, Mike? I have not. I've not. (laughs) I uh, just watching this made me so emotional. And similarly, today I was having kind of like another dark day. And then I turned on this amazing anime called Beastars, which is one of the most heartfelt just just realistic emotional portrayals of just uh, being a a young person struggling in the world that i had ever seen and it totally turned my whole day around and so mike thank you so much for pitching this as a um a topic for today because getting into i mean one how anime and manga can have the ability to turn your whole ass day around have you ever experienced anything like that mike has it ever been your solace oh yeah absolutely uh i think the first one that really got me was uh, uh, Your Lie in April. Um, the Ooh. beautiful, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just uh, um, it, it sent me into like a, a week long tizzy of like writing poetry and thinking the world was beautiful uh, until I saw like an old man yelling at a kid for trying to pet a cat. And I was just like, the world is dog shit. <laughs> I think that, I think that everyone should die. You know, it was just like oh. the work because I saw it because I was just like, oh, the world's wonderful. And then this just like demented old man who definitely didn't have just dementia was just like this angry old fuck. Yeah, I was at this kid for trying to pet this cat too close to his apartment. I was just like, damn it. But yes, before I went on that <laughs> tangent about darkness, like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Your Lion April was was one of those one of those things. I also um I had to put uh, um my cat to sleep um around the first season finale for My Hero Academia. So just watching uh um All Might Plus Ultra at the end of season one was just like okay, I can do mm. this. You know, if I, I know these characters aren't real, All Might's like, cool. Fuck my cat. Yeah, I, I can. <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> kind of, kind of, just no, like I, I can plus ultra my way through this grief, you know. Um, yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I'm so sorry for that dark. No, joke. no, it's uh, it's been years now. We're okay. Okay, respect, respect. So, <laughs> so anyway, speaking of uh, speaking of cats, cats is animals, and animals is beasts, and we's talking about bee stars today. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. let's dive into today's subject: bee stars, baby. So starting off here, I think that the I was reticent to dive into Beastars for the same reason that I think most people are, which yeah. is that this is a this is a, a series, a manga, and an anime starring anthropomorphic animals, mm-hmm. um, and it's something where I I have never had an issue with. Uh, 
this show is very pro furry. Uh, if you're in the furry community, it's by and large just fantastic folks in it. Absolutely. Um, but it is something where if you feel like something isn't for you and knowing anime to generally be just kind of a, a kinky, overtly sexual hellscape of degeneracy. Yeah. Immediately my mind kind of went to like, I don't know, I'm seeing this uh, Santa Mayor, I'm seeing this manga about animals, kind of looks like they're horny for each other. Mm-hmm. It's probably just going to be some, you know, big dick wolf furkin style <laughs> nastiness. But um, Mike, when was the first time you heard about Beastars getting into it? What was your kind of adventure getting into it? Um, so I, I, I saw the initial advertisements for it because it came out, it was released like um, in Japan significantly earlier. Um, that it came out in the States, I want to mm-hmm. say, like, uh, a couple of months to, like, probably, like, half a year or so. Because um, season one was completely finished by the time it finally came out in the States, and I just saw a bunch of advertisements for it. And um, just the 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 uh, uh, the graphical style of it, though, it just grasped me the way that it that uh, um, yeah. everything was. And then there's, I just saw a scene with, like, pants coming off, uh, and, like, another character, like, in the kneeling position for the pants coming off, and I'm just like... Now I gotta watch this. <laughs> it's like now, because like, <laughs> like as soon as you see that, you're like that one scene informs you like this is either a make or break. Like they're either being bold because they know it's gonna work, or yeah. they're just like we're gonna throw everything at the wall, and if it goes to shit, it goes to shit. Um, and uh, um, just just that that was kind of my initial exposure to it. And the scene that you're talking about, we're definitely going to talk about that because oh, that yeah. left an imprint on me. Mm-hmm. But um, the so in terms of like furry culture, I would say this is very divorced from it. Like I yeah. had a lot of furry homies in high school and college, um, high school especially because I was the head of the GSA, and boy howdy, it was the furrydom uh, expanding. And with with the exception of the the one dude I knew who was the son of a um, tire magnet, if you know Dunn Tires, like that, yeah, or, or yeah. Big D Tires too, mm-hmm. uh, he was like the scion of that family, and he okay. was the most <laughs> insane individual I've ever had contact with, because he'd always come up with a new crazy lie about how like he had he had triangular bones, and he had like secret like blood cells that allowed him to uh, to tap into mild psionic abilities. <laughs> He's just like a dude. Where it's like every time he talks, it's exclusively about himself and about a new insane lie. Uh, and so he was either talking about his fursuit and like his, the the stuff that he was doing there, or he was talking about how um he had the hardest nipples that he had ever come across. And it's like I kind of love if he's listening. Shout out to you. You know who you are because you're fucking crazy, and I love you, man. But come on. Um, but but so most furries that I met are very down to earth and yet this is something where by and large you hear about Beastars throughout the internet and most people almost feel a need to kind of like distance themselves I feel Mm -hmm. and be like oh but I'm not a furry you know but I'm not into that but this is I would say Zootopia is like a big kind of like uh, uh, movie here in the states this is more mature and I would even say like less sexual and weird and just this is adult in a way that Zootopia doesn't even touch it's just a fantastic damn series mm-hmm. about what it is to feel. And it's so good. Ah, God. It is. It is. It really is. It's uh, it, it, it's not the usual like uh, uh, like edgelord moping that you, you see yeah. in most like anime that try to do this or like uh, um, uh, uh, um, there's a series right now. It's like don't mess with me, Miss Nakatoro or something along those mm-hmm. lines. Um, 
where the characters are so like we're like oh i see myself in that because it's this like wild hyperbole of these few characteristics that make up this entire character that we have like these very fleshed out like down to earth grounded characters and they're just they're just animals you know that that's yeah. it like and then people see their animals and like ah it's a furry thing you know, like they they they're, they're not even shied away from the fact that it's a furry thing, you know. But it's not. It's not. It's yeah. Not what it is. And so it seems like uh, with with like Dora Hidoro when we last talked about it that there are fee- there are so few manga that are written by by female mangaka. Mm-hmm. But it seems like when they are, they are ten thousand times better than the average just degenerate male, uh, big titty. Uh, fuck fantasy that we get from male mm-hmm. mangaka um so brotakus is a is a, a female supremacist podcast now we are misandrists we are publishing we're pushing that out of the, urgh, we're putting that out into the world put down the but, men fuck them <laughs> yeah but so this is uh this is written and drawn by a woman named paru itagaki yeah and paru itagaki is the daughter of legendary mangaka uh, legendary mangaka Kaisuke Itadaki, who is the creator of Grappler Baki, which is this like extremely visceral and it it is it is violent, but it is a kind of one of these prestige manga that have been around for a long time, and mm-hmm. I have very I have nothing but good things to say about it. But it was not revealed that she was the daughter of Kaisuke Itagaki until ye, like a couple years after Beastars was released because they wanted to avoid nepotism. And in yeah. fact, she she's so um, hyper uh, secretive that she only makes public appearances while wearing a gigantic rooster mask. Have you seen any of those photos? I have not. I have not seen any of them. Um, but it seems like a, a, a fantastic ploy um, to be recognizable, but also... Like to because a lot of celebrities, I, I wouldn't necessarily say that she reached the level. Uh, she might have actually with the great success of B stars, but a lot of celebrities like either get lost in or revel too much within that. So if she's mm-hmm. using that as a way to like separate herself so that she can continue like focusing on her art form and things like that. Then like rad, absolutely, or to keep crazy fans away because we know that they also exist, um, and especially sure. in a, a show like this, uh, um, that as we had like really does kind of speak to the human experience. Um, yeah, probably a good and, idea, and especially as a, a female creator too. I think that mm-hmm. the story of Haru in this show and kind of like her fear of living in a male-dominated society, or I guess a predator, a, a society with a lot of predation in it, is one that I think can be really sympathetic when you think about um, uh, Paru's. Oh wait, Jesus Christ! Her name is Paru, and oh, the rabbit's shit. name is Haru. Okay, there we cracked the code. We cracked the code. It's her, but ah. she's a bunny. Okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Big brain this week's big brain Brotaku's moment brought to you by G Fuel Brain Blast. Um, the one, the one letter difference between the protagonist's <laughs> name and the Magaka's name. We got it. We're- it's like, wait, oh sh- shit, I'm on to something. Oh my god, I can see it. I can see it. <laughs> Call Phoenix um, right. We're putting him out of business. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, uh, <laughs> so um anyway good on her for remaining anonymous because she probably gets way less death threats and weird fans um, oh absolutely but b stars was a smash hit the second it was released the netflix adaptation hugely popular mm-hmm. and it won big awards like the uh, manga taisho award uh the new creator prize at the tezuko osama cultural prize the 70 uh, the 42nd Kadansha Manga Award in the Shonen category. This was during a year where a lot of big Shonen came out, and so the fact that it won is amazing. And the New Face Award at Japan Media Arts Festival. It, like, swept it. And it's because this show is 
like a landmark in terms of just human expression. So let's get into it. Without further ado, let's talk about what the hell actually is Beastars. So Mike, can you kind of give us the loose concept around uh, Beastars? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. So um, as we've stated a couple of times now, Beastars takes place in an anthropomorphic animal world. You know, like uh, uh, um, they're all animals, like no yeah. exceptions. Uh, one of the first things that you will like kind of pick up on it uh, is that animals that are small are actually small. Animals that are big are actually like kind of big. Like they have actual traits and attributes like that are representative of those animals and, and stuff themselves. Um, but they are all bipedal. Like they are all like yeah. vaguely human shaped. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah. Dogs are on two legs. Wolves are on two legs. Uh, um, cows are on two legs. I don't know if you've seen any cows or bulls. Llamas, alpacas, mm. they're on two legs. We've definitely mm-hmm. seen them. Um, uh, uh, there are birds. I think there are reptiles as well. I don't quite remember, but I think we've seen a couple of them. But like this, there, there's no limitations uh, on, on what we see there. The only like main uh, factors are herbivores and carnivores, which is yeah. kind of where our main conflict comes into here. Um, is that the society has become has been built around being safe for herbivores by being like a vegetarian uh, um, society. Uh, it is now completely legal for uh, carnivores to have like any form of meat. They can't even have blood on their person. Anything along those lines is like very illegal. And like, the beta libs to- have won. President Joe Biden has banned meat. Us, the carnivores can no longer exist. Congratulations, libs, you win. We're all gonna eat tofu burgers now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not I'm not I'm not clever enough to like come up with intelligent like follow up That's right Brotaku's the, the pro furry ah. female supremacist misandrist Nazi podcast <laughs> <laughs> It's just like when you meet a person who has like one of those like weird ass checklists of beliefs where you're like mm-hmm. what the fuck kind of person are you why do you there's so like, many none different of these things like, fit together and like yeah, they the, don't the, Make a nice haul, man. Yeah, like the anti-vax, the anti-vax people who will like sell crystals on Etsy. <laughs> you know oh what yeah, I mean? who are like uh, the science is not proven behind vaccines. Actually, uh, would you like some black tourmaline? <laughs> you know mm-hmm. what I mean? It's like mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, it's, it helps uh. me to feel more centered, especially when I have to do the two finger thing. It's like, ma'am. I don't Ma- want to know about this. I don't want to. <laughs> not talking. It's not. It's just God. It's like we were talking uh, about vaccines a second ago, but uh, <laughs> anyway, carnivores, herbivores, go on, my carnivores, God. herbivores. Uh, uh, so society's become vegetarian. So like, uh, um, uh, carnivores eat like eggs and protein-rich like substances and stuff along those lines. Um, but within uh, um, the school that we're in, Cherryton, there is a position. I'm not sure if it's the whole world or the school itself, known as the B Star. And what the B-Star is, is it is an individual who has earned, like, the respect and, like, loyalty of all the other uh, uh, animals, all the other people within, like, that society and there to mm. lead them forward. Um, and for the most part, they are expected to be carnivores because carniv- carnivores just naturally, like, um, as we talked about, like, small animals are small, big animals are big. We've followed that with, like, carnivores just are naturally beefier. Like, lions and tigers are going to be stronger than a gazelle or um, a deer or, 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 or a rabbit, you know, any, any of those animals. So um, one of our characters who is an herbivore and who is in the running to become the beast star um, is, finds it so wildly important to, like, establish that we may be herbivores, we may be weaker, um, 
but we can be just as powerful and influential and like capable as you, the herbivores or the the carnivores who like uh, um, work behind the scenes and, and things along those lines. Um, but that honestly is pretty much the whole uh, um, the whole world of uh, of of B stars is just this this like hidden tension. Uh, um, like, like in any, like, real society, this, uh, <laughs> this hidden tension between, like, these two major, uh, uh um, uh, 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 groups, but for mm-hmm. all intents and purposes, it doesn't ever erupt into herbivores versus carnivores at any point in time, like, uh, um. So, yeah, it's, 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 yeah. it's, 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 it's a complicated dynamic, and one yeah. in which you mentioned that, that the title of Beastar is not anything, like, supernatural, it really just is, like, an ultra-class rep, I think, sort of, at, yeah. at Cherryton. Very but, much. um, the, the way in which you, you picked up on, uh, carnivores kind of sometimes being the ones who, who are more likely to take this title home, the mayor of the, uh, city that Cherryton is in is a lion who has actually filed down his canines and fangs in order to just kind of like as a show of like herbivore solidarity. So it's something where everybody is really getting along, but I do right away just kind of, I think it's useful as an allegory to bring up Zootopia because Mm -hmm. Zootopia is a huge Disney property. And I know you haven't seen it, Mike, but to kind of like use it as a base for the audience in Zootopia, that is a world in which they don't really explain where the fuck food comes from. (laughs) And and it's a lot more fantastic and, and fun. Um, that world and in that world the predators are uh have completely over taken their urges it is no longer something that they really grapple with like if you come across a fox or a lion or a bear they're just fine and Mm -hmm. the uh if you are afraid of them you're racist basically um it's something where it's like uh if you are afraid of these people, you're just being kind of like an ignorant xenophobe. We have moved past that. And the plot of uh, Zootopia is all about how, oh no, this new person has discovered this like hormone dose where like he can hit somebody with it and it activates all those ancient primal instincts and they do become really violent. And what's happening? And you, you figure out it's this you know whole twisted like plot by an herbivore person to kind of uh, you know uh, establish a new racial hierarchy and, and some shit. It's so uh-huh. interesting that when you take anything and you boil it down to its base as- aspects, you could just go, oh, that's definitely an anime, but Disney got it first. So that's just what I, <laughs> that's, uh, um, spoilers, but that's, that's the plot to Brand New Animal, too. It's, it's almost oh, exactly yeah. beat for beat the plot for Brand New Animal. So spoilers if you want to go watch Brand New Animal, but it's a Studio Trigger, uh, um, anime and they all have like the same plot, kind of. Yeah. Just sad. But, uh, and, my and, and but so B stars is so much more complicated and mm-hmm. meaty pun intended than that <laughs> because these carnivores have not at all overcome their genetics in some way and it is not framed as like a a big race thing it just really is like hey half of the population deals with these just like really powerful urges to consume the other half of the population Mm -hmm. and it's on them to kind of fight that battle to ignore that and it leads to some types of uh racial i guess separation Mm -hmm. in the city but it's not so extreme it really is kind of more a meditation on urges and things like that so so mike can you kind of introduce us to our main players here in b stars like who are the main homies yeah absolutely um so our number one our main our protagonist for the series is lagoshi he is a gray wolf a male gray wolf at the age of 17 um he's very tall 
very soft-spoken, very quiet, and he is a backstage member of the drama club. Hell which is, yeah, stage crew. <laughs> it's it's, and that's one of my favorite things about uh, uh, this show is that um, most of these characters that we meet uh, are in the drama club, and uh, yeah. I don't know, it, it has, it doesn't do anything for the show. I suppose, like if you dig deep or like you want to big brain it or critical think it like you could draw the metaphors of like the facade of like society into the play but that's not we're talking about characters so shut up michael um lagoshi gray wolf tall boy uh um uh uh is part of the drama club and he's obviously a predator um then we have haru the small white dwarf rabbit um who is part of he was the only member as a matter of fact of cherry tins <laughs> gardening club um yeah. Uh, she is uh, strong-willed, uh, um, but a dwarf rabbit, one of the, uh, as she and many others state, one of the weakest rabbits in the, the entire species. Um, and she is often seen as a, um, as a slut, as just being this loose, wild uh, um, um, woman, which, as we know from initial like character introductions, is not what it appears to be. And yeah. then we have... The majestic, the overconfident, <laughs> the wildly cocky, but oh so goddamn charming Lewis the Red Deer. The Red Deer is in line to be the B-Star. And when we first really see him, it's there's a scuffle, and I, I, there's a scuffle in the cafeteria, and claws are coming out, and they're ready to, to, to these two uh, carnivores are ready to go after each other. And I don't remember exactly what he does, but Lewis comes in and I think he just bitch slaps the guy. He's like, what's wrong with you? And it was like, you need to rely on your claws to have strength. He's like, strength is of character, like of heart. Yeah. And uh, um, the entirety of the lunchroom is just like the, the, the pure, the sheer power and like commanding presence of this man. And so like, while we have Lagoshi as a protagonist, we kind of see him as like the typical, initially we see him as like the typical like ho-hum kind of in the shadows kind of hidden like subdued protagonist um and lewis comes out and i feel like and and you can you can help me if i if you feel this is right pax um he kind of just doesn't fit into any mold when he comes out he uh, which he might <laughs> but it doesn't feel no, like I, he I I, I agree, and I think that why these characters don't fit into molds is because they're just some of the most well-fleshed-out, complicated characters that exist mm -hmm. here. Because in this dynamic of Haru, Lagoshi, and Lewis, um, there there is a ton of like amazing side characters that come in here that we just don't want to bring up to like confuse yeah. people. Some of them might come up. But each one of them represents something so complicated and human that it is really hard to say that they fit into a box because Lagoshi uh, is not the typical, even dour um, romance protagonist that you'd find in like a uh, uh, shoujo manga, yeah. even though he is ostensibly our protagonist, he is so socially awkward, has such little reason to be, but he's essentially someone who's like so conscious of his own like strength and height and space that he takes up and idea that people could be seeing him as predatory that he is just extremely quiet extre and extremely anxious he's constantly in his own head through these gorgeous really complicated inner monologues that we see where he is finds himself like just unable to speak a lot of the time in a, in a way that does not take any shortcuts i think that so many anime take huge shortcuts to kind of portray characters like this 
And same thing with Lewis, where he is a deer who's, you know, the 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 head actor of the drama club. And, you know, he's mm-hmm. got the big eyes and all the people are like, oh, Lewis, he's so mm-hmm. amazing. But he's someone where he's dealing with the fact that he is inherently fragile. He is not a, a carnivore. He is not a predator. And he is someone who wants to take up a position of leadership and needs feels like he needs to be more than he is at such a young age. And it all comes onto him so much. And I think that a huge thing that Beastars has in its corner is it doesn't rely on the typical anime hyper-expressionism of the multicolored like hair and the stock character archetypes because it has these really gorgeously rendered animal characters. Mm -hmm. And because of that, I think it lets you reset some of your expectations and take them to be so much more than they are. Um, But yeah, absolutely. I, I like that you brought that up because um, if another gray wolf walked by, uh, it could look exactly the same as Lagoshi. Lagoshi is literally a gray wolf with a, like a white underbelly. Haru mm-hmm. is a fully white rabbit. They wear normal school clothes. Uh, Ruiz is just a deer. Or Lewis. <laughs> I feel Ruiz. Like funny. Ruiz. Uh, <laughs> that that uh, might be how they say it in the anime. Ruiz. I, I feel like it is. Uh, um, uh, he's just like if any of these, uh, if another species or of the same, another character of the same species were to come by, you wouldn't be able to really discern them at all except for like small uh, um, features. Like there is another gray fox introduced and she's a female and she's got slightly um, like browner, pinker uh, um, fur at the top half of her uh, upper body. Um, and I, I, I mean, I think that to make it clear, there are pretty identifiable different character oh, yeah. things. Absolutely. Like even though they they are broke down by species, but um, I I think you're 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 making a good point in kind of the way that all these things are introduced. And I think that just to kind of hook everybody, can we talk about like the first two episodes, the the general plot structure of like, well, what's going on with these characters? Oh hell yes, we can hell absolutely. Yeah. So. So episode one is actually introduced with a young, um, what is it, a, a sheep or a llama? He's uh, a, a llama or an alpaca, one of those two. Yeah, and he is running away, smeared in blood from another character and kind of just yelling and, and crying, going, please, 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 we're classmates. Are you really going to devour me? Is this really mm-hmm. going to happen? And he's hunted down by a, another student who, I don't know if it's revealed in the anime who it is nope. or if they talk about that maybe in the manga they they might deal with it but it the whole series eventually starts out with a murder a student has been killed and tensions amongst these students are kind of really really raised for a couple of days and then everything goes back to normal because no one wants to really talk about it it's like wow something happened somebody lost control here and a student is dead and this was someone who was on the stage crew of the drama club and the drama club, which uh, explicitly says, uh, Lewis is explicitly like, we only accept people who have unique backstories and who have gone through like tragic, f- fucked up family situations. And mm-hmm. but, and that's the only people he'll issue an invite to. And it's like, you didn't need that rule, dude. <laughs> you didn't need that rule. You know, that's just what happens with these theater maniacs, man. <laughs> like, <it's> just, <laughs> it is what it is. <laughs> You're right. You're right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, but so... Off the bat, we start following uh, Lagoshi, who is a member of the kind of like stage crew on this uh, in this club, and who is so in his own head. And I gotta say, it just reminded me a lot of how I um, felt growing up because he's a he's he's a seventeen year old, and during that same time in high school, like I was I was like six two when I was a like freshman heading into high school, and I just like grew really quick, and I was so so self-conscious about just the space I was taking up and just how awkward I felt in my own body. 
And he's someone where not only does he have that, but he has the pressure of being a predator put on him and needs to live with that in the world as he's walking around and he's afraid of these things and he's wondering what happened to my uh, my classmate, my close friend who who did this. And, and he actually was left because this was a close friend of his who passed away with a love letter that he wanted to give to another um, uh, lady uh, llama. <laughs> and, a lady llama, absolutely. And as he comes up to this this woman, and something that you hit on, Mike, was just the sheer size difference between these people. He seems to be like 10 or 11 feet tall as this mm-hmm. person's like less than half his size. And this woman is 100% sure that she's going to be murdered by Lagos. Oh, yeah. As he mm-hmm. comes up and is just so, uh, his appearance overtakes her. And he then finally just hands her the letter, and she thinks at first it's from him, and is like, "Oh, oh God, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna fuck the wolf. I can't fuck the wolf. <laughs> I'll die." Um, but then he explains, like, "This is from the, the name of the, the student who him, passed away." Yeah. And, yeah, and I think it's like uh, Ten, Temu or, or something like that, and your expectations are kind of reset, but then very quickly they are brought down to earth again because as he is uh, walking across campus, Lagoshi is hit by the scent of something that is, it's portrayed as this kind of like pink cloud of just like pheromonic, almost like, um, uh, who's the, uh, uh, Poison Ivy. Like how Poison Ivy and Batman will send out like the clouds of like romantic pheromones. Just something that like takes hold of him and flows into his brain and sinuses and just possesses him and he goes full fucking sicko mode. And yeah. he just is, he just barrels towards the source of this, which is this small dwarf white rabbit who is like a third of his size, Haru. And what happens, Mike? So. I feel like. <laughs> okay, it's been a minute. I'm so sorry. Okay, go no, ahead. No, no. I, I feel like that's episode two. Oh, I think it. I. I think this is the end of episode one where he tackles is her, it. But is it the end of yeah. the? Ta- okay. Um, yeah. So the end of episode one, he 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 goes to her. He tackles her. They tumble on the ground. They roll around like uh, um like in this nice cannonball shape. And he ends. And he's got uh, um his pupils are constricted. His his breathing is labored. Is labored. His arms wrap tightly around her. And his claws have come out. And they dug into one of her arms. And the blood starts leaking out of her, um, and this this almost these these pink pheromones that uh, um, that Pax hit on a second ago um, become this voice, almost this kind of demonic possessive figure, and they speak to him about how just do it, you know, it's in your nature, it's who you are. Eat this, this bitch, is- man, eat exactly. this fucking rabbit. <laughs> like- um, but in a moment of clarity, he recognizes and he tears away, and she darts off into the darkness as he's left alone. Um, with this recognition that he like this realize not even this realization, but this moment of like this is in fact who I am in my nature. Um, yeah, and like even though like I have been in control and I've done all of these things that we we see throughout the rest of the discourse of the show, um, to make myself less of that predator, that predator still has a very powerful, very real hold of me as a person. Yeah, um, which is and just even oh, go ahead. Oh, it's even scarier because what gets him to tear away is the fact that a friend of his approaches from behind and calls out his name mm-hmm. because he this whole time was like guarding the rehearsal area um, for some people who were who were preparing for uh, performance and 
only that thing kind of shocked him out of this and and he's kind of left with this sense of like would i have seriously done this and it's really jarring because you mentioned that he like kind of like gashes her with his claws as she pulls away it's seriously portrayed as like a very painful like fountain of blood that comes out it's like very very dark um, and that kind of hits on this this broader thing, which is that this is a extremely mature show and it, mature in a different way than like a hyperviolent. This isn't like Fist of the North Star mature. This is mature in a way more satisfying way. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess kind of talking about these things, uh, let's hit on Haru because Haru is definitely my favorite character in this. She gets called a, uh, a slut by a ton of people. And uh, people interact with her strangely. No one's joining the gardening club because she has this reputation as a promiscuous uh, young woman. And here's the thing. She bangs for sure. She actually does bang people. But you, it, it, the, the first time this interaction happens is there is like an endangered species, rare harlequin rabbit who mm-hmm. has like this unique coloring who's like, Haru, you skanky whore. You fucking broke up. You, you, you broke up and seduced my boyfriend who's another Harlequin weapon. My species is going to die because of your slutty ass. And they bully the shit out of Haru. And Haru doesn't really have any um, any. Recourse. She doesn't react. She doesn't have any like comeback um, yeah. At, yeah, at all. Because it's like at lunch, they're like dumping shit on her. They're knocking her tree out of her hands. Um, you know, she doesn't come back. At, and like they're they're the they're the mean girls you know the the yeah. quote-unquote yeah. mean girls the tall they've got like live faces and bodies and Haru's like short and she kind of has like their character kind of has like these cute little chubby cheeks here and there yeah. um and Haru, the only time that she does come back within this and it was like see and the thing is i didn't do anything he came to me and she reels back she turns on her heel slaps haru and they walk off i believe that's how the interaction ends yeah, um, and Haru experiences this so often that like she is strong in a way that I feel like I feel like just a male mangaka would not let Haru be both strong and like genuinely using sex as like a crutch sometimes, but also not having this this huge sense of being a victim. She's just kind of like this sucks and I hate it, but it is what it is. This is my life every day and so I'm just going to, you know, survive the best that I can. She's just mm-hmm. so strong and cool and my favorite moment in these first couple episodes is, is they flash to the male Harlequin rabbit who she um, uh, banged and he's on the bench talking about like, oh dude, oh my, oh my god, bro, oh my god, I'm, it was on fucking X Games mode. I was, I, I fucked this female <laughs> rabbit. It was amazing. I never hooked up with a rabbit before. Oh my god. I never hooked up with another rabbit before. I saw my race. Oh my god. And like this fucking like antelope is like further down on the bench and is like, nani, oh, nani. Mean, <laughs> oh, uh, Haru? And he's like, wait, 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 you know this girl? And he's like, yeah, I know her. <laughs> and he's hit with this sense of like, oh my god, she banged fucking antelope, homie. And he has a mental breakdown. He's like, oh, oh, oh a person slept with a second person. Ah! Like, and, 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 and it just so, it hits exactly how men fucking react when they when someone else is allowed to be promiscuous. Or like, they can bang all they want, but a woman has sex with more than one person. It's like, this is a personal betrayal. I'm gonna murder her. <laughs> it was like, it was great. It was, mm-hmm. it was it was it was just portrayed so well i sub- i inserted my key into her lock hole therefore she should be only like a to my key yeah. that said yeah. my key goes in lots of lock holes you know it's it's <laughs> yes, very it's yeah. it's exactly that way and that I, I i that's um it's such a good point because it's true that uh um 
a male writer would never get that. Never, uh, there's never. There's in, in almost any medium, I feel like male writers will never really get how the the sexes work. You know the, yeah. the uh, yeah. you know. Um, but it's it's true that the the the, the pure strength uh, of Haru that it's not she's not like this weak character she she's like I am weak and therefore I am strong you know she finds strength in her own ways and like pushes beyond that kind of limit um yeah and so because Haru is best girl is best bun is best bun let's um you you mentioned the pants thing earlier so mm-hmm. uh so he goes to visit the gardening club or Lagoshi goes to visit the gardening club yep. can you lay out that scene for us so they need flowers for I believe it's a scene or they're doing an event. I'm not sure the the, the drama club is. And Lagoshi is a predator, so he is strong and tough. And so there is a I believe it is a goat, uh, yeah. um, classmate goat or like an anteater or something that goes with him. And they open the door to the lo- to the um the rooftop where the gardening club is. Um, and uh, as soon as the door opens, um, they see Haru and um. The and this other... is after Lagoshi has assaulted her, and so he's right. like, oh, oh, mm-hmm. oh, fuck, oh, shit. Um, um, and it's his first time seeing her after that. Yeah. Uh, I, I jumped the cut as well, because the the other character that's with Lagoshi is just like, yeah, I, I got something else to do. And, and you know, Lagoshi's like, nani, nani, nani. Like, wh- what do you mean you have got something? He's like, I gotta go. I got, like, I did, you don't understand. Like, I gotta go. And so he opens the door, and the other guy is leaving. Because he doesn't want to have this re- relation, like interaction with the the school, quote unquote, the school whore, you know, and stuff like that. Yeah. And Lagoshi doesn't want to have the interaction because he knows what he did. But he opens the door, and there they are, face to face. And we have this moment where Lagoshi is just like, "Oh my God, she probably knows what I did, what happened, you know, like she has to, and all these things." Um, and she's just like. Oh yeah, you're here for the flowers for the drama club. Word, like I have them over here in the corner. Let's go get them, you know. And so they just have this interaction, and they're just kind of I, they they just chat very normally, very nonchalant. Very um, there's there's a word that I want to use that I can't think of it. Um, as much as he's able to, because for the most part he can't even bring himself to make words. He's just mm-hmm. he's running in his head and feeling so 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 guilty. And you find out later that Haru just did not see his face, did not see the face of the person who mm-hmm. like ran up on her that day. And so she lies and says that the the reason her arm is bandaged up is because like well she just can't remember. Mm-hmm. But she does remember. But she's interacting normally with him because he she doesn't know. But there's this great sense of tension. It's like some Tarantino level shit. It's so good. Like and also I I just thought about this. She's just she keeps talking because yeah. in the end she she she's dealt with this before with guys coming up not knowing what to say her making yeah. conversation and ending where this ends so they get the flowers together they get everything together to go and they end in the like the gardening shack and there's like uh there's like a uh, is there a bed in there i think there's a there's a little yeah, bed in there and stuff there, like yeah. that um and he's trying to like get ready to be like yeah i'm going to go and stuff like that but again he can't bring himself to say she, the words because she's right. talking to him and is like hey yeah so wh- what's up what do you what's going on now or, or, or she's trying to make small talk and like literally he's so paralyzed and you hear his internal monologue and it's written so well it's so relatable it immediately brings me to every every time i've been searching for a word to say and it feels like 10 minutes in my mind but maybe oh, yeah. a few seconds have passed in real life mm-hmm. it's excruciating and so complicated and the whole time she's thinking like okay seems like a pretty normal guy but then eventually a thing washes over her face. As he's still ang- having his anxiety thing, something starts happening with her. 
Oh yeah, the the good old fashioned. Her head cocks to the side. Her hands go to her waist. Like it. Oh. He's here for that, <laughs> isn't he? And she just goes, "Okay, you know, I've never done it with a carnivore before." And she starts reaching over to him and she slowly i don't know i think she, she starts, starts taking her clothes off mm-hmm. and like meanwhile it's this great split screen animated thing of like half of it is just him having his panic attack and like in his own head while he's not even noticing that she's stripping on the other half and um, then she finally does notice he's like oh and she's already upon him like she's not taking prisoners because she's done this before this isn't yeah we're not gonna they're not gonna prance around the like what's going on and he starts she starts uh um taking off his shirt, unbuttoning his shirt, uh, um, seeing like his fur, and she starts unbuttoning his pants, and she goes, oh, it's white all the way down here. It's so soft, and and like... And she's like th- running her hands on his stomach, uh-huh. and like, yeah. And he's having that moment of like, oh my god, what's <laughs> happening? You know, that moment, like the anxiety that he's feeling now with this 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 circumstance, this situation, that how the hell could this happen with this girl that he attacked just a night before? Yeah. Um, you know, all of these things coming together. Um, you know, we think in that moment, like, he's going to be so paralyzed with fear, he'll never be able to escape. But finally... Because he's, he's never just, been with anyone before either. This ever. is his first sexual experience ever. Like, mm-hmm. And he definitely... He, he There's definitely, like, there's there's hints, you know. We know that, like, he has to feel some way towards her. It's not just like the shame that he feels, but also the recognition that there's like this, this precious tiny creature in front of him, Um, which is a sensation that uh, uh, Haru later in the series also goes into that all guys initially have with her. Um, But he eventually breaks out of it, pulls his pants back up and just apologizes profusely and trying to go out the door he turns around to to get out because it's it's just again he's he's just mm-hmm. kind of like muttering and mumbling and I think this is like a really cute feature. He closes the door on his tail, yeah. it poofs up and he goes yarp and he walks away and she just goes <laughs> she just sits and and, and at looks, this point he's already uh-huh. draped a blanket around her and he's like I'm so sorry goodbye okay oh, you're goodbye. right close okay you're goodbye. right yeah mm-hmm uh, that he's she's just caught off guard that this is the first time that somebody's come up here been able to do anything and they just left knowing yeah. who she is and he he left out of I, i'm not entirely sure why he left like out of the shame and stuff like that you you've watched the series more recently so you might have that that monologue uh that the anxious monologue more uh um, implanted into your yeah he, mind. i mean he just doesn't trust his desires but it's also like he's a he's a he is a gentleman and a super anxious dude like it's a this is not a situation where he could ever get it on he was mm-hmm. so panicked about the situation and as he leaves haru starts feeling kind of self-conscious and an anime written by a man would have this character be like oh my god this is the first guy who who ever didn't choose to just take me to pound town and yeah. you know hit hit the back walls and you know this oh my god now i'm in love with him but really what it is is haru is just like Oh, wow, I misread that situation. I feel really embarrassed. Um uh seems like a seems like a good guy and I'm kind of embarrassed that that happened. Mm-hmm. But meanwhile, Haru's got other stuff going on. It doesn't change the fact that like she's still like you find out that she and Lewis are hooking up as well and that like that's a consistent persistent thing that even though he has an arranged marriage in his future that he's kind of like a comfort person for her to sleep with. 
boy, if that isn't a <laughs> relatable experience, mm-hmm. just trying to find solace in in some small way. But so then this series just expands in this gorgeous way. And so as we kind of like take it back out and go up, there's just these great lines that get laid that are complicated. And and Lewis, as um, he hears something about Haru later, or he, he's just alone on a bench and he goes, so she's called a slut, but you can't really describe her in one word. And it's just such a great moment of like, yeah, there's nothing wrong with being, with, with like wanting to bang like everybody does here in yeah. like high school. Uh, but it's also like she's just so complicated. You can't really put all that on her in one way. Mm-hmm. And Har- Haru has this moment later. Um, Haru, who at some points is called Hal, um, just with the kind of like pronunciation. And so shout out Hal, you're a hot bunny as well. Um where she goes, males look at this face and think, I want to protect her or I want to be with her. And when they find out that's not who I am, they mess around for a while and then leave. And my God, it's just like the the universal mistreatment of women is so like mm-hmm. apparent in the show. So <sighs> it, it does it at. does kind of uh, um, it co- it comes straight at the uh, um, marry her or save her. Um, aspect which a lot of our male society has it's like i need to protect this individual and girls are fucking buff guys like leave them alone (laughs) they can do it like it's all the time because i used to be i I was like this way all the way up until like my sophomore year of college i was just like you're an idiot like girls can take care of themselves they don't need you to save them you know and haru is a perfect example of that because not only is she a girl but she is Again, often described like as like a uh, 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 herbivore of her size. You know, she's not like tiny like the mouse people. She's still like somewhat. She's like a larger herbivore. She's one of the weakest ones out there because she's a dwarf rabbit. You know, um, but she is strong. She can take care of herself. She will fight for herself. And if at any point she should choose to die, she will die on her own terms. Things along those lines, which is like a, a dark statement, but it's a very uh, um, real statement within this world that is that is created. Um, so yeah. tackling that, that they, she doesn't need to be saved. She doesn't need to be made into a wife. She doesn't require these things. These are things that they, that men think that they are owed by the women that they get with. Um, and then that's out of this, uh, wonderful show that is, uh, uh um, uh, um, often written off as a furry anime. <laughs> yeah yeah. And, 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 and what you're, what you're, you're, you're portraying so well here, Mike, is the, the complicated nature of the fact that um, some Western shows are just so uh, we're really big on moralizing here. And it's Mm -hmm. something where our shows are generally more politically blunt in a way that I think sometimes ignores some of the cool nuances of human nature for a good reason, because America is this great gigantic melting pot. We are in charge of the greatest force of imperial weaponry and abuse and the history of Earth. We've been responsible for multiple genocides and, and colonial atrocities. We are a, a society that still deals with hate crimes in a huge way and is very culturally heterogeneous. We have a lot of things going on. And so very often in our shows, maybe for a good reason, we spend a lot of time uh, talking and, and lecturing and and if we want to make a point, like if Brooklyn Nine-Nine wants to make a point about how, like, you should respect women, then they'll have a character like Rosa, who is just the kind of, like, I don't need no man, cool bi- bisexual, badass woman type. But Stars kind of hits upon the complications of human nature in a more genuine way, because it's something where it's like, yes, I don't need no man, but I'm a person, sometimes I want a man, and mm-hmm. also... 
I am more fragile and it's complicated, but this is a world with a ton of fragility and we all need to live with the sense that we might be eaten by a predator any day while we're coexisting with predators. And this is just a flawed, scary, fucked up, tragic, horrendous, deep human existence to be in. And so let's just figure out how we best get by day to day. And like something I need to hit on is this show is so not horny. It is so not horny. Like not. I, I, even Zootopia is more horny than this. Like it's something where the show is just fucking real and it is not at all a furry porn cartoon. It's something that is just a, a slice of life uh, sort of drama uh, uh, that happens to ha use animals as the way of portraying these things so that we can think a little bit less about ourselves and and more about what it is to be. You know, and that's a great way that they lean on this. But uh, yeah, my God, I don't, I don't know, Mike. The, some of these big themes. What, 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 where does it hit best for you? Um, so I, I've been thinking about this a lot within the first two episodes. Um, yeah. So I, I was talking about the lunchroom scene earlier, um, and I forgot that one of the uh, um, the reason that Lewis appears is because Lagoshi tells these two carnivores to knock it off to cut the shit out. And they're, yeah. they're going to go after Lagoshi, and then uh, uh, Lewis steps in to push him away. And so eventually they have this one-on-one, -on -one and um, Lewis goes to Lagoshi and he goes, I hate anyone and everyone who is like you. Someone, <laughs> you are a carnivore. You are tall, you are strong, but you hunch yourself so you, be you appear shorter. You hide your teeth behind your gums so you can't see them you hold your hands low so that no one can recognize your claws you keep them you know you hide from the power within you while people yeah. like me have to struggle and push our way forward to engage that um to like engage that way so there's um Legoshi who is hiding from himself so that he can feel that he's more accepted within um the world which is uh, um, kind of what you were talking about for uh, uh, yourself in high school and stuff like mm -hmm. that. And then there's uh, Lewis, who, uh, um, not to give too much away about his his backstory, but literally came up from the gutter and became yeah. this like very upstanding individual. And by and like he hides his insecurities by being this uh, uh, by pretending to be this powerful unwavering uh, or unwa yeah unwavering individual which aside from the coming up from the gutter is something that like really resonated with me because mm -hmm. i uh uh for me in like high school and stuff i was um i started like to come into my own and like get like lead roles in theater and stuff like that mm -hmm. again like there's a lot of themes that just work out here and <laughs> you i legoshi man <laughs> yeah I, I was um or no sorry you uh you yeah, lewis, yeah. You lewis. lewis yeah uh, and I was just like, these people uh, um, can refer to me however they want to. But at the end of the day, like, I don't care because I am here and I am powerful in my own way. And uh, um, I will either make them respect me or leave them behind, you know, um, which is not mm. necessarily a mindset that I have anymore because it's not a great mindset to have. Um, but it's yeah. it's definitely the same mindset that Lewis has at that moment that um, they either come to respect me. I will make them reset back me or like that will just kind of leave them behind. And in that moment where he calls out the, the um, he's calling out the actual individual who is hiding who he is to be yeah. who he is, which is very, there's so many layers within that. And that's the kind of moment that really hits me because Lagoshi throughout the entirety of the series, like all 
of the manga as well. Uh, um, I haven't read the manga, but throughout the entirety mm-hmm. of the manga as well, is always trying to come to terms with himself, his uh, um, his urges, who he is uh, um, in like birth and like in character, and how all of those things meld together. Um, yeah, and I, I'm so so glad that you say that because I guess really what B Stars is about is about what it is about is about <laughs> a huge theme of B Stars is struggling against and with your nature and mm-hmm. that's been a huge part of me especially in theater too i think of that a lot how um i as i saw myself taking on traits that like my father used to have my father who i had such a bad history with i and i started seeing aspects of him like even reflected in my face i, I felt very uh insecure and and mortified i felt like i was turning into a, a monster tokyo cool style mm-hmm. um but at the same time, there's just aspects of who I am and what my genes and, and what life has made me into that are inevitably really, really um, big assets to me. But then things that are, are, are aspects that haunt me like a ghost throughout my whole life and, and finding ways to struggle with and, and become the best version of yourself while not succumbing to who you could become is really tough something something henry once said that has stuck with me for years is he he once said i am i am painfully aware that with 10 percent more or less of certain traits i could be considered a really bad person and that's something that just like it hit me so deep because i'm like sometimes it really does feel that slight you know what i mean henry henry what an allocutionist, number one, like the yeah, way that yeah, you can phrase things. But like, the, what a, what a, I, I completely agree. Cause you, yeah. every human being, um, who critically thinks about themselves, I would say, uh, um, which I, 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 the hopeful individual, um, would say that's everybody, you know, the, 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 mm-hmm. the, 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 the ignorantly hopeful individual <laughs> uh, would say yeah. that everybody is that, but, uh, uh, an individual who is, critically thought about themselves thinks about that every day and thinks about the the parts of themselves that do manifest that are that bad individual you know that uh taints the good individual that you want to be um because some people will chalk it up to like hey i'm human at least i'm me you know and then there are those of us who are so um uh to, to to use henry's words painfully aware of our downfalls or um, things that we feel could develop into greater uh, um, negative things. Um, yeah. Oh. And, and yet, if you're too aware with it, uh, aware of it, like Lagoshi, and it's all you think about, and it's all you run in your head all the time, and you never kind of allow yourself to express your your real thoughts or your your true nature, you start you start really, really, really handicapping yourself in mm-hmm. a really unfortunate way. And so, there you need to find that balance of just who I am, what is my nature, but then how can I become a little better and hopefully just progress and fix a few things, always be on the watch of what I know my worst traits are, but to also allow myself to just exist and, you know, be a person. And Mm -hmm. that's why, I think that's why this show just put me in such a better place because I was so down on myself of just like, you know, what a fucking putrid freak you are, like looking in the mirror, just at at your life and you just look and your stomach fills up with bile and you start feeling very hateful towards yourself. Yeah, absolutely. but this is just something where, like, it's it's that great reminder of, like, yeah, but be careful because if you become too self-hateful and then focus too much on that, it's going to be a self-fulfilling prophecy. you got to put some love in there and some, you know, expression. Otherwise, uh, you're going to completely miss out on what life's all about. Yeah. God, and this is a show about fucking animals in high yeah. school. Like, God, it's so good. Yeah. It's so good. Um, 
Because so, there are parts of you that are like there are parts of you that are beautiful and gorgeous, and like those are the parts that like you need to be more focused. Like you need to obviously know about like the bad in you, but the beautiful parts of you, uh, um, like 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 the beautiful parts of, of Pax that I love so much. You know, I that's what I, I see. You, too, you know, it's, uh, thank you very much. Uh, but uh, uh, did, shut up! I don't need you, Baka. I don't need your love. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, those. Uh, damn it, train of thought. Fuck, where were you going? Jump in the rail, you son of a bitch. Those beautiful parts are things that need to be shown as well. You can't hide the yeah. entirety of yourself because you're afraid that the toxicity that all of us have naturally as individuals is going to show because we will also see those beautiful components. And like, you yeah. know, you're learning, you're growing. You're going to be shitty sometimes. It's okay. Yeah. And even even getting less philosophical about this, yeah. Beastars is the best... Um, is the best portrayal of high school that I've seen in anime. And Absolutely. yet it's filled with like, like one of the characters is a hen who is very happy that she gets to lay the be the eggs that make the best egg sandwiches and wants to live a health, a healthy life. So she can lay the best eggs. And yet everything around that is the most genuine expression of high school because they let themselves just talk about violence, sexuality, and self-loathing in a way that is just so blunted by the more like the harem animes that come out and the really just horny anime that are just packaged, packaged in a way to sell, you know, hentai parodies of themselves and, and figurines. And, and, and some of these animals do have titty, but not gigantic big titty. Not gigantic big titty. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's it, it's very true. Like we don't have any uh, uh any nami tits, you know, like one piece nami tits and stuff. Yeah, like no that. one nothing, piece tits. Nothing <laughs> along those lines. It's it's very true. Like uh, for for being an anthropomorphic uh uh anime, um yeah. where it's all these animals coming together. It, it's exactly what you said. I, I I don't think I can add anything else to this. It's just well, very well, much true. We haven't talked about the animation style. We haven't talked about the no, animation style, which oh. is the other huge thing. And so I think rounding off our discussion today, Beastars is strange. And uh, Mike, why it, why is it so unique? Why is it so unique? And we're talking in terms of art style, correct? That's yeah, yeah. It, it's CGI animated. It's it's totally CGI. CGI. And it looks it's like uh, it has this beautiful kind of cross hatching uh, 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 kind of features on it. It's like it very much seems like it's drawn, but it's CGI and Doro Heidoro does something very similar, but there are moments where Doro Heidoro falls back into normal 2D uh, um, just animation. But uh, um, Beastars never falls out of it; it always exists. It's this very stylized, um, like it's the colors are rich. They're not vibrant, but they're rich. They're full. They're deep. They mean things, and they can act absolutely like alter almost completely with scenes and stuff like that. When Lagoshi's being overcome by these urges, like his eyes turn a deep red, and his fur goes from that um, shade of gray to like a dark tinge black purple and things like. Uh, but it, it just um, I'm petering out here. Help me out. No, man. no, you got because okay, uh, in the past five to ten years, 3D animation and anime has taken on a really bad name, and it's because for yeah. Only recently has it been integrated more often. Mm -hmm. So let and and you can understand this pretty simply in thinking about why would you use 3D over 2D. Essentially, it's that um, 2D animation you need to animate every frame. And even though there are plenty of great animation tricks and ways to you know reloop things and recurve them and and ways to get around it, it doesn't change the fact that someone will need to draw the frames and someone will it's need to lot. manipulate them and do this. Mm -hmm. And if you have a really highly detailed character model, it, uh, it gets really expensive to do that. It's why, I mean, even back, the, the classic anime stereotype of just the moving mouth hole. 
You know what I mean? Something that, that has very low fidelity and you got to match the flaps. Mm-hmm. Whereas B-Star, or, so whereas 3D animation, you can create a super highly detailed 3D model, but um, uh, then as you manipulate the model, you don't need to frame by frame redraw the entire thing. You could just move the model itself and change it in those ways. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, most 3D in, in anime has been used as a uh, money-saving technique, something where they'll have like one big, really cool, crazy anime, but because they feel like they don't have the time, money, budget, or interest in fully animating the thing, they'll make a kind of janky-looking 3D model of it, and then they'll run that along the 2D rest of the plane to kind of just... And it's alien. It's it's yeah. this alien kind of like presence in this world, and you you feel it. It just it's it completely pulls you out of this moment. Yeah. Um. So yeah, yeah. Some, I, it's, yeah. some code Lyoko shit, man. <laughs> um, God. Uh, however, however, as we get here, um, this this anime was done by someone named Studio Orange, and Studio Orange is responsible for a great series called Land of the Lustrous. But essentially, they are the uh, they're just the best. They are the best at pulling off 3D animation because they treat it with a love and base of knowledge and fidelity and amount of work that is concurrent, if not greater, than what goes into 2D animation, where these models are so lovingly rendered and and their, their, their fluidity and the rigging of the character models is so human to use a strange word here but mm-hmm. it's something where they're insanely expressive their mouths move in a way that is extremely natural they do not look like strange 3d puppets the whole world is rendered like this and granted i think yeah there are probably like 2d backgrounds like in some places most and likely maybe some, yeah like, singular moments of that but for the most part it, it you can tell the amount of work that goes into it because it looks freaking gorgeous and so here we are talking about a japanese anime in 3d that is just uh teenage animals <laughs> with each other mm-hmm. and yet it's 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 one of the greatest series i've ever seen mm-hmm. it's really really devastatingly human in a way that maybe only animals could be i came into this thinking it would be so uh, horny and weird and uncomfortable to watch and that was complete prejudice on my part and i should not have thought that because this is um the, the fact that they are animals is completely to their service. It's not something you ever need to uh, s- make yourself like stop noticing or, or, or overlook. It's something where immediately it makes sense why they're doing this. It's so freaking good. We love Beastars, man. I do. Oh, I do. It, it, it's everything really is there for a reason. Yeah. You know, it's not yeah. just, it's not put in superfluously for some commercial reasons. Like there is no, like there, the girls aren't there for moe reasons or things along those lines. It's it's really breaking away from those um, terrible stereotypes and stigmas of um, like. So so let me let me bring you back. Go, go ahead, go ahead. Give go, us go ahead, give us ahead. a sentence about what B stars is. What B stars is. That might have been harder. That might have been harder. You did this to me. You did this to me. You made this harder. Um, it's just. <laughs> you go first. <laughs> I might not have an answer. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, a mature show with anthropomorphic animals that teach you better than anything else could what it means to be human. Fuck you. Fuck you. That was so easy. I can't even believe you. You son of a bitch. I hate you. I hate you so much. All that right. was so easy. <laughs> uh. Okay, so, so ranting out for today, brother. Is there anybody you wouldn't recommend the show to? Because I think for me, probably anybody over the age of like... 14 i would say like go go nuts on this thing yeah yeah there's definitely 
there's a minimum age requirement. It's if you are not this tall, do not ride. You know, something along yeah. those lines. Um, anyone who is nope, don't say that. I was going to say, <laughs> gonna say uh, conservatives. <laughs> don't let them see this show because they'll just be like, it's just for sex and gays and furries and because they, they won't want to see past it into what it truly is. No, or everyone yet, should it'll watch make it. Them, it'll make them gay furries. Maybe mm-hmm. maybe that's why they should watch it. It'll just, it'll awaken the truth within them, you know. Um, no, nobody should not watch Beastars. Um, nobody should wa- not watch Beastars. Beastars is, is and even if it, it, you don't experience it in the same like philosophical like maybe a little too far deep level that we went right, into yeah, it and how yeah. it touched uh, like and, and went into us like every it, it it's just wonderful it's just a wonderful series and you should watch it you should stop everything right now and watch it because season two is well on its way uh, and you yeah. should watch it's, it it's out already in japan but it'll be here in the u.s i believe in july is like when you'll see it on your Netflix queue. That's so and far so, away. <laughs> I know. You could always pirate it. Yarrr. <laughs> but, um, but, but that said, yes, watch Beastars. Great show. Um, and with that said, I don't think that there's really anything else to talk about this because even if you don't fuck with the themes, the characters are just so damn compelling that it's just a fun show to watch. You want to know what's going to happen. You want to see how it's going to end up. Fantastic and a firm Brotaku's recommend. But with that mm-hmm. said today, Mike, thank you so much for coming on today, brother. This was such a good time getting to talk about this just fuzzy shit with you, man. Thank you so much for having me. It was an absolute blast. I hope that Hal is back because uh, uh, I don't... <laughs> I don't. I don't want to be the anchor anymore. Like this is a lot of stress. You guys, you guys are tough as shit right now. Like holy, I'm just. You I'm were a brilliant bullets. guest. You're, Thank you you're so much. Bri- you're a brilliant guest. You you ran the marathon. You've made it to the other side, and this was a great time. This has been a great time talking with you. Um, but with that said, everyone, please check out uh Mike at Mish Plays. Please look up his page on Facebook. Figure out those streaming times because uh, Mike is just a a funny, chill, great, down to earth, just one of the best people I've met in my life. I love you, Mike. You're like really. legitimately one of the most special kind funny people that i've ever met so thanks for being my homie thanks for coming on brotakus today absolutely absolutely it's a it's a pleasure and with that said everybody out there please give us that five stars on apple podcast please check out brotakus on uh youtube leave a like comment and subscribe if you uh if you uh so desire and thank you all so much for listening um it really does make a difference all the support you give out every review counts i will make sure to give you a shout out on the air to show our appreciation and with that said uh i am pax this has been mike at mish plays and uh this week we're the brotakus see you guys next week big love y'all Oh